Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This is No Credentials Required. Powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here's your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required. We are powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. And I just wanted to do something different for episode 26 of the podcast. What I want to do in this podcast is introduce you to some folks who are doing some good things in the hockey world. The first person I'll introduce you to is Torts Bullock. He runs Ultranite.com. I'll have him explain what he does with the hockey in the hockey world to benefit those around him. And I'll also talk to my friend Rick Matera from Hockey Ministries International. And he'll talk about the chapel programs and camps that Hockey Ministries run. Before I do that, I just want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating because that's how we know we like this program. I also wanted to remind you to subscribe to the YouTube channel where we can watch the video side of things. So without further ado, here's episode 26 of No Credentials Required. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required. This podcast is part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, and we're going to have a special show tonight for you. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is introduce you to a pretty cool guy uh, who is in the uh, Albany, New York area, originally from downstate, big New York, New York, New York, uh, New York Rangers fan. That's okay because I'm a New Jersey Devils fan, and uh, no, but we, but I, I looked at this, I looked at his stuff, and. You know, he's, there's some pretty cool stuff that he's doing. So I'm going to bring in uh, my new friend, Tolik Bortz from Alternite.com. So, Tolik, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Wonderful, brother. Thank you so much for having us on. It's uh, it's it's really cool for us to give us some some time and, and a platform to spread awareness. So we really appreciate it. 
Awesome, awesome. So, well, let's start with the first. Let's do let's do first things first. Let's talk about where you're from. Uh, how what kind of a, how big of a hockey fan were you growing up? So, you know, where where are you from originally? And tell us about your a little bit about your uh, fandom. Absolutely. I mean, um, my family and I were from St. Petersburg, Russia. I was born there. Uh, we immigrated here at the the fall of the Iron Curtain. Uh, we hmm. uh, we settled in in Brooklyn, New York, in 1992. Uh, so I was eight years old. Uh, two years later, the Rangers, uh, New York Rangers, hoisted their uh, st- their Stanley Cup, first one in 54 years. So I was uh, instantly captivated. Uh, I became uh, a diehard fan from there. I mean, w- w- when you're a little kid, you come uh, from one state or one country or another, and and, it, and, a, and a team or, or the sport that you love takes the championship. You feel like they kind of won it for you, you know? Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, ever since then, diehard. I probably watched uh, every single game, every single season. We've had our dark ages. Um, so, yeah, ever since then, uh, 26 years uh, after that, uh, we're still going strong in terms of being fans and supporting our community. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a tough ride. Um, uh, personally, socially, uh coming here from uh, from one country to another mm-hmm. uh so what we a lot of what we do uh for a not-for-profit i personally relate to because coming here uh without a, a lot of resources a lot of finances mm-hmm. uh, and my parents kind of uh kind of taught us to to never take anything you have for granted and always work hard for what you do so we'll get into uh everything that we like to do for the community and our children yeah no that's that's great i mean that's a that's a great lesson to learn especially at a young age and when you're coming from another, when you say, like you said, to like when you're coming from another country, and you know you don't you don't know the whole lot of the customs, you kind of get, but you, but the one common factor wherever you go is that you work hard for what you for what you uh, for what you earn. So mm-hmm. that's a great lesson to have, especially that, that kind of uh, especially young uh, that young of an age. Yeah. So after you know, I, let's talk about your charity or your your website here alternate.com what was the inspiration behind starting the website well the inspiration obviously uh, is 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 the pandemic when everything started and, and masks became an absolute necessity um we took a little bit of, of a more of a unique approach uh we kind of uh connected our fandom uh mm-hmm. and the need for masks when you couldn't absolutely find them anywhere uh, so we took uh, our own uh, T-shirts and, and jerseys uh, out of our own private collection. And uh, I teamed up with uh, with a wife and a husband in there in Brooklyn, where I actually grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a professional seamstress. He's a production manager. Uh, oh, wow. in a, in a li- yeah, in a little small shop that they have there. Uh, she was she, just, she was making dresses. But um, when I, when no one's allowed to come out, they had no business. So what we started doing was... Uh, uh, taking a, a licensed T-shirt or a jersey and simply repurposing them into face masks. So oh, we, wow. uh, keep in mind, none of our material is ironed on or screened. So we oh. don't, it's not like we print a logo and put it onto a mask and, and sell it to fans, raise money, and, and put it into a non-for-profit. We, mm-hmm. went, we went the right way about it. It's like going to a Joann's or Michael's and buying like the, the sports material and making them into like baby clothing or and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, so we took the correct approach on this. Um, we started a couple of social media groups. Um, uh, when we ran out of our, our own t-shirts and jerseys, we started uh, 
uh, having some followers and some fans where they were donating th these shirts and jerseys to us from to continue with our project, to continue making these uh, masks for fans and raising the money so we can donate uh, the leftover material or, or any material we were sent uh, to uh, primarily to hospitals. So okay. the whole the whole theory behind was was to donate masks to hospitals, EMS stations, first responders, and obviously our uh, essential employees. Um, we're, we're still strong with that project. Uh, we still continue uh, mm -hmm. donating them uh, to to our community members as well. Like I said, primarily to hospitals. Now that uh, a little bit more uh, of the PPE and masks are, are available. Um, mm -hmm. We still continue to sell to fans, especially now attending back uh, into like the garden, for example. I was at the game yesterday and a lot of masks wow. were, were, were our, our, a lot of our masks were, were, were featured there. Oh, cool. But, uh, what, what was really cool was uh, when we started this project, a lot of the ex-NHLers somehow took notice online. Uh, so we kind of took that and ran with it. They were contacting us. We were donating these masks. I mean, long and behold, they were taking selfies, posting it on social media, tagging us. So um, so let me let me let me let me interrupt you interrupt you real quick. Who yeah. which uh which players have been, have uh have bought your masks and tagged your uh, masks in the in the on social media? Uh so to begin with, it was Ron Duguay, Ron Greshner, uh, mm -hmm. Matthew Barnaby, Darius Kasparitis, uh a couple of uh, co really cool uh active NHLers, including Adam Graves. Uh we had some support from Mark Messier as well. Um, but the really cool thing is that before the pre-qualifying rounds last year, before the playoffs started, uh, the actual New York Rangers organization gave us a call. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, asking us for masks. So we, we, we had the, the wonderful opportunity to donate masks like with custom numbers. I should have probably had it here for you uh, uh, to show you, but it, it's it's on our ultranight.com uh, website. So it that kind of like really took, a, took off. Um, Every single player and every single coach got their own custom number. They were featured on social media on, and on TV. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty uh, – it was a humble, humbling experience, but exciting at, at the same time, a mixed emotion. Uh, when you're a fan uh, you, and you have the wonderful opportunity to give back to the team that you love so much, mm -hmm. it, it was – it was out of this world. So, yeah. I've experienced that myself. Uh, when I, uh, a couple of, For seven years, I was actually team chaplain for the Albany Devils uh, franchise. Yes. So that was a cool opportunity. Because I'm a double like – I said, like I mentioned to you, like I'm, a, I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. I was born in New Jersey. They, I chose them as my team when I was uh, first starting into hockey. So it's like, hey, New Jersey team, very cool. So yep. to, to be part – to be uh, – not so much a part of that organization, but connected to it and uh, reaching out to players, you know, being a, being a minister, being a ministry of them. That was a super cool. So I guess I definitely identify and see where you're coming from in terms of you know, connecting yourself to the team personally and being involved with them. So, so that's a really cool thing to, 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 to find out that the, the team you, you grow up watching and you know, you want to help out during a, during a, during a, what's a, basically a, a really, I wouldn't, I guess you would say dire situation, Trying to help out with masks, you know, trying to supply them with masks is uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty fascinating fascinating story. It, it is, and we connected because we put so much love and uh, and heart into every mask we make. I mean, you can only use so much from every single mask, but again, mm -hmm. jerseys aren't exactly cheap themselves, and no. um, <laughs> we, we were buying our own jerseys. We were using our own, and when when we were running out. Um, 
uh, like I said, our own group members were were seeing them by the dozens. I mean, boxes were at our front door. So wow. it, it was it was a really, really cool experience to see throughout a, a tough time like this pandemic uh, of so many people just giving back and coming together. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it really was. Uh, it, it, regardless how you look at this whole uh, this whole time, it, it's this pandemic, this coronavirus, these masks, one way or another, they're going to be a part of our history. We're going to look back at this and say, hey, look, we, we, we went through this. Uh, we worked hard. We survived. Everyone, you know, not just uh, myself or you, mm -hmm. everyone. So it's going to be a part of our history. And it's going to be a, a, a cool little uh, story to tell to our, our grandkids, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is it just Rangers uh, masks? That no, you offer? that's a great question. Great question. No. So throughout this whole experience, starting from last March, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So today we 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 cater to almost any team. Uh, we don't discriminate. So it's like it's like you're a perfect example. You know, you're you're a New Jersey Devil fan. Uh, there may be some individuals out there that wouldn't have myself or Rangers fans on the podcast to spread the awareness. But just because we're we're a Ranger fan, we took all orders. We take custom orders, and it's, as long as we could we could find that T-shirt or that jersey, even fans mm -hmm. themselves say, hey, listen, I got this really cool uh, New Jersey Devils um, t-shirt jersey. You think you can convert it to a mask for me? Absolutely. Send it to us, and, and we'll, we'll get that order process shipped right back out to you. We, we've we've uh, accompanied about 37 states out of the 50, and we've wow. shipped and, and accompanied about, uh, I believe, three other countries, Russia, Italy, United Kingdom, uh, Switzerland, Switzerland. This goes on, so it, it really is a, a pretty we're still enjoying. No, that's pretty cool. I'm looking at the website right now, and you know, you, you mentioned that you're a not for profit, um, you know, and you mentioned that uh, you, you do are donating masks to hospitals if they when they if, when, if they didn't have PPE or when people had, couldn't have couldn't get PPE. Uh, now they kind of we, we we're kind of past that point where PPE is now we can get our own, right. uh, whether it be from a Jersey or from, you know, from another website. Have you, have you kind of shifted to uh, other organizations? For, for example, I, I, it, it, it's not just the doctor you're giving to, but are there other uh, organizations that you're using the prop, uh, profits from these masks mm -hmm. to give to? Like, what are you, what are you, uh, what kind of charities are you giving to? So we kind of used our uh, quote-unquote popularity and, and uh, to, to launch a couple of other missions. So, I mean, the big dream for myself and my brother, which we are co-founders along with my wife, um, we're, we're kind of like a three-person uh, three army. Uh, the dream mm -hmm. always was to launch a nonprofit, and this was the best opportunity to do so, having connected with, um, with, uh, with our followers as well. So we, we put the paperwork in through the federal and state governments. Uh, we got mm -hmm. approved, surprisingly, because everything was kind of at a standstill. Uh, what we do now is we support children's uh, educational humanitarian programs. What we do is we collect secondhand sports equipment, primarily because we are derived from the sport of hockey. 
mm -hmm. um, and, and distribute them to facilities, after school programs, or just families uh, or communities. The number. We also raise monetary funds for registration and cost fees for those programs, such as hockey. Both you and mm -hmm. I know that equipment and the registration and the cost fees to play within those seasons are, are I mean, through the roof. So they're expensive. It's not, it's, so, yeah, it's not, it's not family, cheap. <laughs> yeah. So if a family is going through a tough time, especially during uh, the pandemic, uh, we're here to assist those families or that rink. Uh, if a child wants to continue or to start the sport that they love, we want to support that family. So we most recently teamed up uh, with an organization by the Hockey Foundation. What they do is they start uh, hockey programs overseas. Uh, due to unable to ship out uh, equipment, uh, they gave us a call on Christmas Day uh, and donated 10 pallets of new and used children's hockey equipment to us. Oh, wow. We are in the awesome. process, of, yeah, to, um, we're trying to partner up with small and big businesses uh, and donors and sponsors in order for us to, to, to provide this equipment to, the, uh, to these children, especially now that everything's kind of coming back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are coming back to their programs. So we want to make sure these kids are geared uh, and they have the money to continue to play that, that sport. I mean, against my wife's wishes, I'm going to show you a little bit what I'm probably not even supposed to. So a lot of these boxes are in my garage. Oh, wow. So that's 10 pallets. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's uh, uh, the hardest job is, I think, going to be uh, – wasn't – collecting this equipment it's going to be mm -hmm. the distribution uh, yeah. of this equipment so it's going to take rental trucks it's going to take gas so that's mm -hmm. that's our next step in this process is trying to formulate uh connections and partners okay. to support our program so we can continue to help these communities and these children um to get what they need to, to continue and our, our, our big plan is not only sports, not only hockey, it's performing arts, dance, uh, mm. art, anything to do uh, with engaging and involving children um, within those communities. So, yeah. Very cool. So I, I want to ask you, how did you come up with the name Ultranite? Oh, that's an awesome question. So, yeah, as you can see, uh, that's that's our little uh, gear here. So yeah. Ultra, Ultra around the word altruist or altruism it's an okay. individual or a group of people unselfishly concerned for the welfare of others mm -hmm. uh so that's the word that, that these are the individuals that we are we pay it forward and, and we give it back uh the night uh is derived from the word brooklynite uh these are the ah. they give back so we kind of took uh these two words we clapped them together and uh alternate was born uh my brother is actually the individual that came up with that name he's our graphic designer nice. uh, came up with this uh, cool little logo here that you see uh, before yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got, we have some, uh, some cool things in the running here. Very cool. Now, before we go, uh, before I let you go, uh, I want to ask you a, a hockey related question since you're a New York Rangers fan. What's your feeling about the season so far this year? Oh man. I mean, about my team or the season so far overall with any team? Uh, let's do both. Yeah, I mean, honestly, 56 games, uh, I'm just thoroughly glad that hockey is back, uh, that we get to enjoy it, that we get to watch it on TV. I mean, I, I honestly thought, I mean, it, it's like a lockout. I honestly thought we weren't going to play. 
I mean, mm-hmm. playing without fans uh, is bad enough, but um, I actually got to attend one of those games at Madison Square Garden yesterday. It was it was a fantastic, thrilling uh, experience to be back. I missed mm-hmm. it. I didn't have high expectations. New York Rangers, we still got so much more growing and building to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a little disappointed both in in, in, in the way things are going for us, uh, but it's it's all chemistry. Uh, it's like Jack Hughes for you guys. He's still he's a kid. These guys are kids. Capo Caco and, and Jack Hughes and Alexis Lafreniere. Not everyone is a Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, and a McDavid, you know? Year right. one, two, three, you know? They're super gigantic superstars that are almost destined, you know, to, to be in the Hall of Fame. A lot of these, they're kids. They got a lot to learn and to grow. Um, so I, I'm one with patience. I'm not a doctor, but I do have patience. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there's pl- plenty of more time to grow. So as long as they have all of these teams, Islanders, uh, Devils, Sabres, Jesus, uh, with with Eichel, and um, a lot of these teams still have to kind of like a lot of glue and missing pieces together. Mm-hmm. So um, for the Rangers, I, I think there's still still time for us. And uh, what do you think about your Devils? What what are you going on uh, with you guys? We're streaky. I'm put it that way. We're they're streaky. Uh, they, they win. They, they had won three in a row. Uh, they had the COVID situation where they were off for 16 days. They won a game. Yeah. They came yeah. back. They win two games in a row. Then they lose three. Then they, then they win one. They, they just lost the last two this weekend against Washington. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a bit of a slog for the rest of the year having to play four games a week for basically the rest of the season because we missed so much time with COVID. I, I kind of likened it to uh, baseball. You know how baseball in the beginning had some most teams that had missed yeah. a bunch of games because they were. Being being kind of under cautious with their with the protocols, and they had to make up a bunch of games. So I kind of I kind of make it similar to that. I think I think the I think the uh, the Devils, you know, they're young. Like I said, they're a young team. I think I think they'll make some moves before the trade deadline uh, to get some draft capital. Uh, yeah, but you know, I, I have hope that they're going to be uh, they're going they're going to be a, a, a good team again. Uh, they got a young foundation with some guys, especially Hughes up front, Ty Smith in the back. Uh, you got uh, uh, Blackwood between the pipes. You know, he's turning out to be uh, to be a special goalie. Uh, I remember watching him. In, I remember watching him in Albany. You know, he played a couple of seasons in Albany. So before he got called up, they're up in Binghamton now, right? They moved from Albany, right? The yeah, they moved to Binghamton, and I, I know they had the ECHL affiliate up in Glens Falls, but they opted out this season, so they won't be back until next year. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pumped for the future. Right now, it's just one game at a time, and I'm sure you you feel the same way about your Rangers too. I'm just looking forward to I'm looking forward to the day when it's just a hot rivalry again between the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils. They'll be the top three yeah, circling yeah. again. The, the the way it used to be, kind of like the the late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, it was the old, fierce, pa- the old Patrick division, team. old Eastern division. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that so well. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Tolik. So, where can people find you? Where can they find your your yeah your, your, master, your website? Where they can find you on individually on social media? Where where can people find you? So it is a l t r u n i t e dot com. We are on all social media platforms. 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, my kids kind of got me involved uh, make, making like cool little videos to promote us on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> that's been kind of a little fun. Um, but yeah, ultranet.com, A-L-T-R-U-N-I-T-E.com. Uh, we built a, a, a pretty a pretty beautiful website uh, and you have the opportunity to donate, get some information, uh, send us an email if you just want to talk. Um, so like I said, anything that comes in uh, goes out. If you or any of your listeners know of a facility or a family that is in need of any children's hockey gear, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, or some assistance for their seasons, uh, we'd be glad to help. Uh, and if there's any small or big business out there or, or a sponsor or a partner that would like to join us in this venture and support us to support a community, um, give us a call. Uh, hit us up on social media um, and uh, we'll, we'll accept your donation and we'll take you on as a sponsor. And when we have our fundraisers or our charity hot games, you'll be, uh, you'll be on the back of those jerseys. So, yep. Very cool. Very cool. All right. And told, are you still are you still in the uh, Brooklyn area? No, I actually I, I'm I'm pretty close to you. I, I'm in, I'm in the Albany Schenectady area. So nice. I'm in upstate New York. Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm um, eight years up here. I mean, for the price I was paying for, for, for a two bedroom condo on the fourth floor. I own a, a four bedroom house with a backyard and a pool and a deck. So you can't beat it. I mean, the cost of living here is a fraction as opposed to Brooklyn or the city. So. Gotcha. Uh, especially to raise a family with children, you know, you come downstairs of a building or a house, you're right there on the street here. You know, I can, I can watch my kids play in the backyard with my dog running around, you know, fenced in. So um, it's definitely a night and day. So th- this is my new home here. Very cool. Very cool. We're happy to have you. All right. Tolan Ports from ultranight.com. Thank you for joining me and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right, welcome back, everyone. Just want to thank uh, Bullock, uh, Torts Bullock from uh, from Alternite.com uh, for talking about his uh, his his work with with the, with the uh, nonprofit he's doing, selling masks for a good cause and uh, helping kids out around uh, helping kids out uh, with uh, hockey equipment. So, my next guest is another guy who's doing really really good things in the hockey community and in his in his neck of the woods in Hartford, Connecticut. And I actually have some personal connection to this particular organization because I, believe it or not, I was a chaplain for nine seasons uh, in, in Albany, New York, for both the Albany River Rats and the Albany Devils. And after they relocated to Binghamton, I unfortunately disconnected from the organization, but I still keep in touch with uh, some of the guys from there. And one of the guys I'm going to bring in is the is the is the uh, Northeast Coordinator for Hockey Ministries International, my good friend Rick Matera. Hey Ryan, how you doing today? Thanks. Good. How are you doing, Rick? Thanks for being on uh, No Crunches Required. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. Long time we haven't seen each other, but uh, so appreciate your friendship and uh, so glad to reconnect. That'd be just really great. Absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about guys. We're talking about people who do who do good things for the hockey world and hockey ministries is something I'm I'm connected with, and yeah, it's good to 
talked to somebody from Hockey Ministries again. Uh, after, you, know, you were my coordinator for such a long time. I figured get you on here and yeah. talk about talk about what the what Hockey Ministries does. So for yeah. those who are unfamiliar with Hockey Ministries, give us an idea of what Hockey Ministries is. Well, Hockey Ministries uh, has been around since 1976, a uh, uh, long time. Uh, that's when I graduated high school, believe it or not. So I'm yeah, I was, I was born the next year. Uh, <laughs> so I just uh, gave out my age. Um, okay. Me uh, too. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, we've been around for a while, uh, servicing the hockey community with uh, chapel programs. And if you're not familiar with a chapel program, basically it's just like a Bible study with players. We try to get the players away from that game of hockey, uh, get to see the real picture of life and uh, explore things that maybe never thought of, uh, the relationship with God um, and how important God can play in your life. And uh, we're just there to meet the hockey world uh, right where they're at. Even if the, the players do not attend chapel, which is all on a voluntary basis, uh, we are just there to minister to the guys. You know, you go, you know, these players have come up from a long way and they're away from their home. And um, maybe it's, uh, you know, the, the family's not around. They don't have a girlfriend or a wife uh, hanging around with them and, and staying with them. And, you know, they're a long way. And um, being with a bunch of different guys that maybe they're not used to. So they can run into situations. Uh, things happen in life. And we're just there to meet the hockey player right where they're at. And um that's one part of the ministry. The other part of the ministry is our Christian uh, athletic hockey camps that we do across North America and Europe. We do those every summer. Uh, last year being uh, with the COVID year kind of threw us off a little bit. We've got to try to regroup this year. Uh, but we uh, have kids from anywhere from ages like 9 to 16 years old coming to our hockey camps. And we have been doing that for like 43 years, uh, hockey camps, mm. which uh, across North America and uh and, and some of our camps are, we get over like maybe 100 to 125 campers coming out to a camp to, oh, wow. for, for a week where a pro player will come in and speak to the players, speak to the campers, uh, give their testimony, how God has really worked in their lives. And uh, we have chapel every night. We have a couple um, huddles, we call them, where we do a booklet. And uh, it's been amazing, amazing ministry where the guy, uh, the word of God really reaches uh, these hockey, young hockey players. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how many perfect, how many leagues is hockey ministries involved in? Oh, I, I think we're, we're in over 200 leagues uh, oh, wow. across North America and Europe. Uh, and some people are saying, well, all I know is the NHL and the AHL, but there are so many leagues until you really start looking at how many leagues there are in this, uh, in the United States, uh, all the way down from the NHL, AHL, AHL East Coast league and, Southern Professional Hockey League. It keeps going, going, going. And um, so we minister to all those different leagues across North America. Awesome. Now, take us through a, a typical chapel. Uh, what, what goes into a chapel? How do you prepare for a chapel? Uh, how do you get in touch with the players? Uh, is, are, are, the, are, the, are the teams okay with it? What, what goes into a chapel? Well, we've been, like I said, we've been around since 1976. And so majority of the players, coaches, GMs uh, have heard about hockey ministry. So uh, it's not like a secret that um, we're, we're hiding uh, from these players. Uh, we are, the AHL has been so great to us, the American Hockey League, mm -hmm. uh, getting letters out to coaches and um, GMs saying we're going to come. We have a, um, a qualified chaplain on all 31 AHL teams and soon to be 32 next season. Mm -hmm. And um, we, uh, 
have, a, a, like I said, a qualified chaplain there ready to minister to these players. Uh, a basic chapel is, is uh, if you've ever been to a basic Bible study, um, and we just try to bring them the Word of God. We don't know where a lot of these players are coming from. Some are very strong Christians. Some some players have never even went to church before or never even opened the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, we just try to be very basic with them, and hopefully the relationship will grow during the season where we can um, meet them, even get them further in their faith, you know? Uh, so that's our main goal is to get these guys to see that there is more to life than just playing hockey, which they're probably told that their whole lives that it's only hockey, but there's more to life than just playing hockey. And um, once hockey is done, life goes on and you're back in the world and the transition sometimes can be really tough for players. Mm -hmm. In the past, like four or five years, I've really worked with a lot of players transitioning right out of hockey into the world. And that can be difficult. Um, You think uh, of playing every day, being with uh, with a bunch of guys, you know, just playing a game, and all of a sudden, uh, wow, the world is, you know, life's hitting me now. So I got to really, uh, I have to grow up and not be mm-hmm. a kid anymore, and, and learn how to support my family. Now, are, are are some of these chaplains ordained ministers? Are they are they are they are, are a lot of them ordained? I know for myself, when I served, I was not an ordained minister. I had I, I had ministry experience, but nothing with ordained. Do we do they have a lot of ordained ministry uh, ministers and like licensed counselors serving as chaplains? I mean, what kind of people serve as chaplains? Do they have do they have to be ordained, or they can just be regular guys off the street who know a lot of things about ministry or hockey players? Basically, we go to a church and um, try to get a, a leader in the church. Okay, if you've led a Bible study, that, that's that's a really great thing. That's a great start. Um, most of our volunteer chaplains do work in the church, uh, where they already have done ministry work and they know um, the ins and outs of, of meeting people, reaching people, reaching the lost. Uh, and like I said, a lot of our chaplains are volunteers, so they take their own time out of their day. Uh, flexibility's got to be a key. Yeah. Uh, you can get to the rink and all of a sudden the coach says, oh, we're doing an extra workout or we're doing video and you're sitting around for an hour or so waiting for the players to, to get changed and start your chapel program. As you, I'm sure you've experienced that before. <laughs> yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so uh, it, it takes a lot to be a volunteer chaplain. And, uh, you know, the rewards on this uh, in this life are, are few, but uh, the rewards in heaven are even greater once we get there. <laughs> Uh, over the time we spend in ministering to these players, but it's all great. Uh, it's been, a, I've been in the ministry for 24 years and uh, wow. it's been a great experience and the relationships that uh, are still going on today that I've made like maybe in my first couple years of ministry work. So, um, like I said, getting back to your question, most of our chaplains are volunteers and mm-hmm. uh, they don't have to be ordained ministers. They could be deacons. They could be leaders in the church or le- just lead a Bible study. Um, and that that'd be a, a good a good qualification. Now, have there been situations where a, a chaplain has had to fill in sort of a, on a, as a as a crisis uh, counselor? Um, I know for myself, in two thousand nine, I had to deal with a situation with the bus crash uh, for the Albany River. It's coming back from. I believe it was Lowell, Massachusetts, and yeah. their bus crash on I ninety. I know. Uh, I talked to. Uh, uh, Canadian talk show host last week, Rod Peterson, he mentioned that uh, Hockey Ministries was there during the, the really, really tragic Humboldt crash in Saskatchewan three years ago. So, I mean, are, are there different situations where they have to kind of jump in in a crisis situation? Well, um, as the Boy Scout motto goes, always be prepared. Um, mm. I've carried that from with me uh, since my Eagle Scout days. 
So I try to uh, relay that to all our chaplains that we never know um, when that phone call is going to come. As you just said, you got that phone call and in the middle of the night, the bus coming home at night on I-90 and uh, sliding on its side um, off the highway. So we just never know. And, and like, you know, hockey ministries is there for the hockey team, hockey players and hockey management, hockey fans. Uh, we're there for whatever we need. And um, most of our chaplains have had experience um, dealing with um, some kind of death in the family, uh, some kind of tragedy that maybe happened with a player. And, and it's all life stuff, which um, a lot of these players probably have never experienced before or never came face to face with it. But now they have to. So um, we try to prepare the player for, for things that are going to happen after hockey and during hockey because, um, you know, hockey's great. I love hockey, but it's, 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 it's a part of life, and it does leave you some good lessons, but there's more to life than just hockey. And um, so mm -hmm. we try to get them away from the rink and, and learn these things. Now, last year with the with uh, the pandemic going on, uh, I'm certain that there were some obstacles with trying to get chapels going, or or if there currently is obstacles trying to trying to get uh, chapels going. What do you think is the is the biggest obstacle uh, to get chapels going again in the uh, if if they're going on? Period. Depending, um, depending on the league. Yeah, um, a lot of the chapels are going on right now with Zoom. Um, that's the best way we can reach these players. Um, a lot of teams, I know every team in the American League, um, you have to be on a list to get into to the building or even connect with the players. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so if you're not, we're not on that list, and there's very few people that are. And, uh, you know, they have to get tested quite often. I think the players get tested like every other day or every day they get tested. Oh, wow. And so um, they're kind of, kind of locked down also. So they don't want them that be exposed to anything and you know most of our chaplains will not go into a, a locker room situation during these days because of uh, the COVID because you know God forbid either one of our chaplains got sick or uh, one of our chaplains gave COVID to somebody on a team and it spreads throughout the team you know mm -hmm. um, we don't want to face that situation and um, I don't think anybody does so we kind of play on the safe side and just uh, be careful what we're doing mm -hmm. and, um, try to reach the players the best we can. And that's the hardest thing is to, if we're not reaching the players face to face, especially the younger players coming in from juniors or college, it's really, really hard. So um, most of the teams have players on a player or two on the team that's been through chapel and is a strong leader. So with that said, that those are the guys we rely on to get uh, the guys, the players motivated to come out of the chapel, to, to get on the zoom call. Uh, and now I think the players have a little more time on their hands too. Now yeah. they can't like go to the movies or go hang out somewhere and go out to dinner as much as they like to. Players do have a little more time within, especially this shortened schedule uh, for a lot of teams that uh, they do have a little more time at nighttime, especially they might spend more time at the rink because they have more time to spend at the rink, but mm -hmm. I think their night times are, are, are kind of um, looking for something to do. And so hopefully with our chapel program where we'll, we'll jump on the zoom calls and we can get some more players to come out. Cool. Cool. So let's go, let's go back to, let's talk about camps real quick. Uh, most of these camps are, are held during the summer. You said that they're, they're, they're uh, all over North America and also in Europe. Yes. Uh, so have you ever, do you know about any players who have gone to these camps who have gone to say the AHL or the uh, next or the NHL even? <laughs> oh yeah. There's, um, there's quite a few players, especially from the um, college ranks that come out to our camps. Um, 
I don't know like names like right offhand, but there, there was a handful of college kids that will come out to our camps. Um, they they, I think the college kids are looking, and even the, the pros in the AHL or NHL or East Coast League teams, they look at they you know they say like wow you know I remember this player this person or this dad or this coach really invested into me and and look where I am today and I think they remember that and they say like you know what. Um, we need to try to encourage them. Like, you know, you guys, you can have an investment in these players and these young hockey players' lives. And even if they, if they don't make the NHL or HL or professional ranks, the investment you could put into these uh, young hockey players' lives uh, will make a huge difference to show them that, yeah, you can still play the game at a high level or a low level if you like and still learn, learn to love God. Um, that, I think, is the biggest thing. And these players that come out to camp, uh, the professionals to work with the younger players, um, they, 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 they lay it all on the line. They, they could tell them that, you know, they've gone through stuff and, and we relate with a lot of maybe some kids coming from broken home and a lot of players come from broken homes too, that mm-hmm. um, maybe this one pl- camper would say like, you know, I, I can't do this. My mom and dad are together. And, you know, that's when a, a, say a player would be at camp and jump in there and say, you know, Hey, I went through the same situation that you've gone through or going through right now. And, you know, let's talk. And so I think we, um, when the players do come out to camp, it really ministers to them, the player and ministers to the camper also. And and I've had some players that come out to camp and they, they're, they're coming there, they're coming to camp thinking like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to really give these young campers, you know, some God stuff here. And then Mm -hmm. they're there for a couple of days and they leave and they go, wow that really changed my life. I, those kids affected me um, with their stories and the way they uh, talked about how God was working in their lives. And it really affected me, I think more than I affected them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I know a lot of professional athletes, football players, baseball players, you know, a lot of those guys are very, a lot of them are very, uh, open about their faith. Uh, Do you think we're going to see some players, uh, NHL, AHL, professional players, period, are going to be a little more open about their faith in the hockey world? Are we starting to see that nowadays? I hope so. (laughs) Okay. Um, I've seen, I have seen players opening up a little bit more in the past, you know, 10 years or so, um, Mm -hmm. being a little more bold with their faith. And you got to think about like these, these younger guys come into a room with hockey veterans that have been there for, you know, five or 10 years. And, you know, it it could be a lot of pressure on a young player to to open up with their faith unless they've really been brought up in a, in a a Christian home and and really have their strong faith. Uh, Somebody's exploring their faith. uh, Mm -hmm. It might be a little more difficult for them to really speak up in a room, but, um, the majority of, uh, of older players, when they get towards the end of the career, they're like, you know, I'm going for this now. I'm going to tell everyone uh, about my faith and how I feel um, mm-hmm. when, you know, wow, I wish you did that like, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys do speak up in the room. And I think um, with hockey players, I think it's just their character and the way they handle themselves that will speak more volume than them saying, Hey, you got to come to chapel or you got to, you got to read your Bible or you got to pray more. Mm -hmm. I think their lifestyle um, will speak more volume than their, their voice will. So um, I've talked to, um, I talked to rest before and they're saying, you know, they would ask me, Hey, does this, uh, you know, does this kid have any faith? And, 
I says, uh, but yeah, how do you know? He goes, I can just tell whether he handles himself on the ice, um, doesn't fight over a call, you know, mm-hmm. accept his penalty and serves his time and gets on going. And, um, and coaches too. Coaches have said, you know, um, I, I think I can, I could, I can name the, the players that come out of the chapel and without even telling me just the way they handle themselves in the room and on the ice. So, um, character speaks volumes in the hockey world, uh, instead of their, their voices, I think. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I'm just dealing with my experiences in chapel, yeah. uh, being, being, and telling people I was a chaplain for the Albany Devils really kind of opened some doors. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure whoever I'm sure whoever's in Binghamton right now or New Jersey says I'm the chapel for the Devils. That's really? A, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to say. Yeah, I know for sure it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think people are kind of they're kind of uh, they, they were kind of humored about it, and they yeah. like I said, it just opened some opened some conversations over some doors, some con- just opened some doors, you know. Oh yeah, oh it sure does. It sure does, and give you some uh, different looks too, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rick. So thank you for your time. Uh, if people want to find out more about Hockey Ministries, uh, can you give them a website? Can you give them uh, the, the social media accounts? Uh, sure. Um, what do you we're, got? We're, on, we're on Twitter and Facebook and um, just and our website, hockeyministries.org. Uh, you can go on that website. It tells you all about our chapel program. It gives you a whole bunch of stuff on our camps, uh, some player testimonies on there. Uh, and it'll give you a whole bunch of information what we're about. And we're, like I said, we're across North America. We have camps in Europe. We have chaplains in Europe. And uh, it, it's a ministry that has gone on for quite a while. And uh, like I said before, I've been on staff for 24 years. And it's been a blessing to be on. And the relationships I've made, uh, you can't even like, you know, they're, they're, they're unbelievable. So, um yeah, it's, it's, a great, it's a great time. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for being on with me, Rick. I appreciate it. You know, best wishes and prayers to your to your, uh, to your ministry, uh, especially during this time of COVID. Hopefully, you'll get to uh, connect with some players, both both with your setting in Hartford and uh, throughout the entire uh, American Hockey League, also National Hockey League, too. So yeah. you know, I'm hoping that uh, we can make a difference in the hockey world and keep keep going. Keep I going. Really, I really appreciate it, Brian, and I really appreciate the encouragement because we do need encouragement, and we are going to keep on going. And, and thanks for reconnecting and reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. And Absolutely. Great podcast. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Thanks. Have a great day. Intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.